Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Thanksgiving. It is uh, just about travel time for us, and uh, I, got, I still got to pack. Um, I still have to clean the house. I, I still got to do a bunch of other stuff. Um, and uh, so this is mostly going to be a, a question show, sort of like the email show that reporting uh, that reporting is eligible. That's us, that Effectively Wild does. Um, and uh, uh, by the way, quick, uh, Effectively Wild just did episode 1932. It is about baseball Twitter memes. Uh, it is hilarious all the way through. Highly, highly recommend it. Go check that out after you listen to this. Um, but uh, uh, we're a little light because people are traveling. I'm sure JR's drinking bourbon somewhere, and Tyler is uh, sick because that's the other thing that happens this time of year. But, 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 some of us are healthy and ready to go. So to help me out today in Colorado, we have my name is Matt. You can call me Matub, Acme Packing Company meme weaver, and general Twitter rabble rouser. Well, thanks for thanks for showing up. <laughs> so um i've been watching this youtube channel called how to drink a plus, a plus would recommend um it's just this guy who seems like someone that like we would all hang out with like making drinks and stuff in a cool bar all right. and he and he made a uh uh how to drink like the founding fathers like like so drinks that drinks that were famous in the 1700s a lot of cider um yeah okay so a thing i learned uh, before prohibition, if someone said cider, they meant alcohol. Alcohol cider. cider. That's right. Yeah, yeah. non alcoholic so, cider is a new invention. I'm drinking a stone fence currently, which it turns out is just bourbon and hard cider. Yeah, so- <laughs> that's a good drink. I like it. Fireball and hard cider also good. Um, did you know that Johnny Appleseed, famous, uh, f- famous American legend, folk hero, who uh, walked the country planting uh, g- groves of apples? Primarily was planting them for alcoholic cider. That is the raison d'etre well, for Johnny Appleseed. So, yeah, I, I actually just learned that from this video. Apparently, there's <laughs> something that you you have to do to apples to make them edible or like... Yeah, it's, make, make... It, it, you know, it's one of those things where humans have made apples taste good by mm-hmm. breeding them to taste good. You know, the University of Minnesota uh, actually has invented quite a lot of apples in their day. Um, most of the ones that you like from the grocery store probably from there. Before American universities did that, most apples were basically inedible. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, anyway, that's a good fact to know for Thanksgiving, in case you have relatives <laughs> who sort of revere Johnny Appleseed. I know I, I, I've been at many Thanksgivings where there's a song about Johnny Appleseed that... Uh, um, 
people of religious persuasion like to sing, and I'd just like to have that fact handy because you know. So this would just get absolutely smashed and be like, "Listen here, Aunt Irma, I am being a patriot right now." Yep. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe best to keep that one to yourself. Keep keep the <laughs> keep the holiday nice and smooth. It's a it's better that way. Uh, anyway, we did a we we had a football game like a long time ago because it was last Thursday, okay. and uh, we died. We're dead. The Packers died. Um, and I, I don't know. How, we're we're going to do this quick because we want to get to questions and we want to get out of here. But um, I do think we got l- lulled into a false sense of security by the Cowboys who just played cover one against us the whole time when we all know that's stupid, right? Like, that's, that's dumb. Don't, yeah, don't. because it turns out when you have a really fast guy and they're running a defense where all you have to do is take really fast guy and run away from guy, um, you do really well, mm-hmm. which is why I'm concerned about Christian Watson having a repeat performance just because of all the man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they also, Christian Watson against the Cowboys ran a lot of straight. He ran straight a lot, very fast straight. Um, I, I'm I'm going to blame this on the, the last touchdown he had against the Cowboys where he ran sideways, very fast sideways, and caught a touchdown. But I feel like the Packers saw that touchdown were like, Oh, dude, that guy can run sideways, and then just now that's all he does is run sideways. <laughs> but here's the thing: he wasn't even running sideways. It was like a, it was, it was like a, a shallow crosser. It was a shallow crosser, but so really, he was technically just running straight, uh, perpendicular to the way that he usually runs. That's straight. fair. That's fair. You're right. Um, <laughs> but still, uh, then in this last game where he had two touchdowns because he's awesome, um, he they were they were mostly sideways touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. I guess and, and a one of them was the penalty play, which was. Which was great. Um, I feel like Aaron should have thrown it a little earlier, but uh, it was good to see him make a contested catch, and that was a nice, nice play. Christian's going to be good, uh, as uh, mm-hmm. as we've mostly been saying. Yeah, <laughs> not entirely. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be good. Is the the Galder and Eagles game? Yeah, it's not great. They're uh, they've been between first and fourth in DVOA for the whole season, and. Uh, they're, I think they're fourth right now. They're good at everything except one thing. They're not good at run defense. They're twenty sixth in run defense. So yeah, but they they also just signed like the worst. Oh, I forgot about that. Shoot. They signed they signed Linval Joseph and Indomitian Su. So now they're probably so, good against the run. So well, the twenty sixteen Packers are shaking in their boots right now. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that's the baddest D line you could put together six years ago. We should also mention that we're facing the quarterback drafted directly after Jordan Love that mm-hmm. uh, was freely available to the Packers. Many, many picks. I, I think Jalen Hurts went 53rd, maybe it was 56th. He went in the sort of middle of the second round. He did go before A.J. Dillon, so it's not like the Packers picked a running back over him because you people would never hear the end of it if that had happened, let me tell you. Uh, but it didn't. Yeah. But uh, in that draft, um, the, the four highest completion percentages amongst draft eligible quarterbacks in that draft were, were Joe Burrow, who had the record until Mac Jones broke it. Tua, uh, right after him, Justin Herbert, <laughs> uh, Tyler Huntley. And, uh, then, uh, that's it. And, and then, uh, way, way down at, uh, Jordan Love was 56th in completion percentage that year. So woof. that's, uh, that's, woof. that's bad. It's not great. Um, I wish that hadn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the subject of AJ Dillon, um, I just set up a new Google listening device in my in my kitchen, and I was looking at my reminders because this one has a screen. 
And I have a reminder for January that says check Damian Pierce fantasy points versus AJ Dillon. <laughs> Is that from this show? It, it might be from this show, although I can't. Okay. I don't think we've talked about Damian too much. I do have him on several fantasy teams, and he has not been great, um, mostly because he plays for the Texans. Well, he's been inconsistent. Yeah. He's been hot and cold. But I just thought that was really funny. And I just looked up his stats, and apparently he scored one point last week. Yeah, it was um, not great. So the Texans uh, had um, five yards in the first half of that game. Oh god! Yeah, that's how oh, that yeah, game. They had, I remember I saw that it was like they were averaging two point seven inches per play. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was brutal, absolutely terrible. So it could always be worse. It could. I mean, we complain about Aaron Rodgers. We could have uh, uh, what the Jets are dealing with right now. We could. Uh, oh, that's an interesting. So one thing I'm going to do this off season is look at all of the quarterbacks that that uh, Cubops thought would be good but weren't, and see if I can just figure out either a common thing or why. Because Zach Wilson's definitely one of them. And I can tell you, one thing I'm definitely going to weight more heavily is wins against good teams. I guess you'd call them because <laughs> mm-hmm. he was awful every time they played anybody good through his whole career, and um, that's also including sample size from like when he was a freshman. But uh, he was a senior or junior, whatever, last eligible year during the COVID year. So it was shortened only against BYU conference opponents, which aren't any good. And he mm-hmm. just tore up a bunch of trash. And uh, yeah. like I like Grayson McCall a lot. For well, I talk about him a lot. Um, for, he's Coastal's quarterback. But it's not like they play anybody that good. Occasionally, they'll play an out-of-conference game against a good team. Uh, he does pretty well in those games, by the way, just for the record. But... Uh, I think the the lower conference guys need a, a harsher look than they were getting before. But like also like Dwayne Haskins is one of those guys too. And uh, there's a whole nother theory to go there. Yeah, well, you thought Justin Fields would be good and apparently he's good now, so Yep. Although he's good yeah. in a weird way. I I do have to say that. He should be a, a, still a better passer than he is, but uh you can work with elite athleticism and deep balls and that you can make an offense out of that. That works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, can we Move on to questions already. Uh, I want I want to mention one more thing before questions. Just really really quick. It's not even about Tennessee or Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, um, I I just wanted to mention that uh, uh, the Packers Mason Crosby needs to be done. Uh, yeah. I, I I didn't realize how bad the situation was until I looked at kickoff stats today, and the Packers have twelve touchbacks on the year. Like that's unbelievable. What's the league average? It's like 30, It's 32. Um, The league average is 32. (laughs) The league average percentage is 63%. 63% of your kicks are touchbacks. The Packers are getting 27% of their kicks as touchbacks in the end zone. Uh, They're by far last. uh, Mason has the the fewest gross kickoffs in the end zone, even though the Packers have played more games than most of the teams in the NFL. Um, That that leg is too weak. He's not even that accurate anymore. And... um, well, he's had he's had good seasons for sure, like Mason has. I think overall he's probably a below average kicker for his career. So, oh yeah. So if you if you take in like his really cold stretches, yeah, he's he's like not even seventies good, right? But those um, count. So. <laughs> yeah. And so what's funny though is if you like like oh if you take away his two bad seasons, he's a really good kicker. And like I know I say it a lot, but 
other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how yeah. was the play? And also, aside from that, he's he is not. He's a good kicker if you take out his bad seasons, but he's not great. He's he's usually in the low to mid eighties, and that's a fine kicker season. But it's not like a fantastic kicker season by any well, stretch. I think the the narrative about Mason Crosby is really similar to that of like uh, Ken Stabler, where. He was never great, but he was good in big situations yeah. that a lot of that a lot of people saw. That's that's true. He he succeeded when he, cameras were on him. You are right about that. So I think that's he also, that's probably where it is. He so people I think I will somebody will point out to me. He had a season where he made all his kicks. That is true. In two thousand like two years ago, wasn't it? It was. It was twenty twenty. He made all of his kicks. <laughs> How many kicks did he make in that season, Matt? What do you think? Uh, oh, it's like including extra points? No, just field goals. He didn't make, it's by the way, be, he did not make all of his extra points. I was going to say, it's going to be super low. It's going to be like 12. It's 16. He made 16 oh. field goals. So, like, yeah, fine. He won 100% for the season. He kicked one field goal a game. <laughs> Big whoop. Nobody cares. Do you, you wouldn't happen to have, like, the average depth of field goal for that season in front of you, would you? Oh, it's, uh, let's see. He had, he was four, well, he, he was obviously made every one. So, four from 50. Five from forty to forty-nine, actually pretty good on distance. Uh, five right. from thirty out, only one from twenty to twenty-nine, and only one inside of twenty. But should be zero, of course. But um, not not too bad distance-wise. A challenging season, but still a sample size of sixteen. Anybody can get to, hot for sixteen of anything. To have a kick inside of twenty, that means that you're inside the three-yard line. That's right. That's it. That's disgusting. Yes, that's, it is. That straight to jail right away. Well, except maybe this year where. <laughs> where, where, of course, the Packers are four of eighteen on. Uh, well, right, because we're going to call an RPO out of. Downs. Uh, yeah, we're going to call an RPO out of uh, uh, shotgun bunch or shotgun trips right, something like that. And then instead of throwing to the slant of the drag, I don't. We're going to throw it into a defender's face. Yep. But that's all been that's all been said to death. All right, we're here for your questions, so why don't we move on to the questions? Do you want to read or should I read? Uh, I'll let you read. You have a better voice than I do. That's not true, but okay, I'll read anyway. Um, all right. Making First off, uh, Patreon questions first. Of course, uh, if you uh, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash tailgates and uh, give us at least two bucks a month. I forget what the levels are right now. I'm I'm too tired. Um, the $2 level, they have cute names that, uh, that the baseball guys gave them. Uh, you get question priority on this podcast and the other podcast. So, um, that's fun. Make sure you get read no matter how many we have. Someday we'll have like 500 and then this will take four hours. Um, hey, if I join the Patreon and start asking baseball questions to the baseball podcast that are completely unrelated, mm-hmm. will I get ignored? No, they'll have to read them. It's contractual. <laughs> I think it's... We, we, like, we, we won't do like obscene or racist questions. That's pretty much it. And right, we'll but like what if I asked a question about... Back. But what if I asked a question about Bobby Bonilla every single week? <laughs> It would be annoying, but we'd probably do it. You know, it'd be funny. Like it'd be like the Family Guy knee joke. So that's fine. We can make that work. We can totally make it work. At one time on the baseball show, I had to read the whole script of the B movie. So what are you gonna do? The whole script. Well, as much as the uh, as much as the person could copy and paste into the Apple reviews. So yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a it was something. So 
Anyway, uh, for five bucks, you get my bonus podcast. You also get Ryan Tupp's bonus podcast with James Anderson from RotoWire um, on uh, the Brewers minor leaguers, who's doing what, who's going to be good, who's going to suck, etc. Um, it's a good way to support the podcast. You get extra content. The the mini pod for reporting is eligible is generally quite good. It has been unfortunately too accurate this year um, in its pessimism about how things will go. <laughs> and but uh, but hey, we're all about the truth. So anyway, on to on to be- bigger and better things. Making his triumphant return, old man on a bike in Shirlington. Oh man, that Welcome makes back. me so happy. Oh man, I'm so glad he's back. <laughs> yes, uh, sounds. I, I do feel it. Jr. is the best at well this generally speaking but he is he's the best specifically at reading the old man on a bike in shirlington's um question so i'll do my best old man on a bike in shirlington i'm just an old man on a bike who lashed out after the five game losing streak (laughs) this old man was mad at the packers very mad i was as mad at the packers as much as my tub was mad at vr football and in my (laughs) blind rage i canceled my patron 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 sick membership for that, I ask your forgiveness, of course, and I will buy some Appleton coffee as my penance. Appreciated. Uh, as I was biking into work last Tuesday, yeah, <laughs> this is great, yelling at e-bikes and pedestrians on the walking path, I listened to the latest RAE podcast and felt a void knowing my question would not be heard. Then, as I crossed the Potomac, I heard your judgment and was ashamed. The boo hiss almost sent me crashing into its icy abyss. <laughs> I knew then and there that I erred as much as the Packers did when they re-signed Aaron and decided to send Amari out to return punts again and again and again, but I digress. My question relates to the short-sighted front office. How could they release Amari when he was nothing but upside at the what, how could they release Amari when he, he was nothing but upside at this point? Did the Packers too lash out in anger? Ah. Oh man, I have literal tears. This is this might be the best question ever. This question is better than than maybe any bit that I've ever started. Yep, and also old man in the back in Shirlington. We we genuinely missed your questions. We were not trying to guilt trip you into joining the Patreon, uh rejoining it. Uh anybody uh, uh yeah, the Patreon is nice we appreciate it it helps us keep our computers running mostly uh ryan donates a good chunk of it to the hunger task force of milwaukee but you know if anybody's hurting out there don't do that you know there's <laughs> feed your family first please um yeah. but yeah um anyway so how could they release amari when he was nothing but upside at this point to the packers to lash out in anger i guess i love i love the wording of that like like yes technically he is nothing but upside because like there's nothing to. There's nowhere to go but up once you hit rock bottom. Yeah, right? and they're. I mean, there's not. They're not playing for anything. So it's just tryout guys time. Um, I think the answer there is that they is my conclusion on Amari. You know, is I would have first of all never drafted him and had a really short leash on him for all the reasons that I've talked about a zillion times over, and I will not rehash. But I think that they came to the conclusion just based on practice and his work in the offense in practice where i'm sure he does work and and being useless on special teams that they needed to look at other guys and even though amari um is as you say all upside that roster spot can go to somebody else who maybe has more or at least is a uh, a a new step to see what they got and then move on to somebody else uh, there should be some churn at the bottom of the roster should turn over more frequently than the packers turn it over and that's where amari sits and i think Honestly, straw that broke the camel's back. Um, you just can't put the ball on the ground that much. Honestly, they've had a lot of things that have cost them the season. A lot of individual things that had they changed a little bit, the season would have been a lot different. He's one of them. All those fumbles are deadly. They're crushing. They they turn yep. games, and um, it's not necessarily punishing him to let him go for that. 
Um, but it is the consequence of of being poor in a very, very substantial way. So it's kind of lashing out in anger, but it's deserved. Amari kind of ruined the season, or at least uh, stopped it from pro- from going longer. Like, like it shouldn't be over now. Like they should at least be in it for a few more games minimum if if he's not there. So I, the one thing that I will say about Amari that I have learned through all this is the guy had to be like the single greatest locker room presence in the history <laughs> of the Green Bay Packers. He might, he might uh, not, very well be. I mean, not one bad word has yeah. been said about him as a person, and all the coaches and players are just devastated to see him go. How great of a dude must he be? Yeah, I'm sure that everybody understands why he's gone, though. Um, to his credit, he found a home immediately. He ended up on the Texans. Um, they they're first in waiver priority, and they gobbled him right up. So it's not like he's not getting another chance either. Yeah, Amari will be fine. Well, the. Texans didn't know how to use Randall Cobb, so they're probably not going to know how to use Amari. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're weird. Maybe they'll like figure out something we didn't. They'll invent a new position or figure out that it's beneficial to run backwards sometimes or some shit. So, I don't know. I'll tell you this: the uh, draft Twitter, like non-Packer fans, I, were enamored yeah. with him. Yes, I, I don't get it. There were so many, uh, and a lot of Twitter people. I, I'm not going to drop. I know a few who listen to this, but like. Even guys like Andrew Brandt were like, well, Texans picked him up three years of control. That's an obvious thing. Like, well, uh, the other other scouting people were like, uh, you know, he he just hasn't been as dynamic as he was at Clemson. But here's the thing. He has. He has been as dynamic. Um, everybody scouted him badly. He looked faster there because he was playing against college talent. But he he wasn't good. Uh, Raz did not lie in this case. It, it is right most of the time, and it was with him. So um, uh, I, this is one where uh, all of us analytics people get a pat on the back. Uh, we, we're good about that? giving we're good about giving pats on the back when we're wrong. Like when Josh Allen is good, we're like whoa, we screwed that up. Jeez. Um, when we get write about things like Amari Rogers sucking, yeah, uh, I don't celebrate Look, him being gone. But yeah. I'm going to die on the hill that we were not wrong about Josh Allen. Because he had to do something that literally no quarterback in the history of well, ever has ever done. I, I mean, yes, I, I would process wise, I would do the same thing again without foreknowledge. But that doesn't mean we're not wrong. You know, one in a hundred <laughs> thing, ha- one one in a hundred things happen, and it happened. And there were scouts that that liked him and uh, legitimately. So they yeah, well, kudos I, for it. I would bet my mortgage that those same scouts like Tim Boyle. Quite well, I don't. Maybe I don't know. Tim Boyle wasn't a huge prospect. I, like, I would I would go with like a a big armed guy who didn't work out. I feel like that's the the Jeff Josh. George. Yeah, Jeff. Okay, I, that's that's good. Jeff George was actually okay for a little bit. That's my only hesitancy there. Like yeah, he, he was sort of okay, but he was drafted super high. Yeah, he was. He was first overall, big deal, big big giant arm. He certainly didn't live up to the hype. That is correct. <laughs> Mark Podscarby. Oh. We're back. To, sorry, I was. Uh, I had uh, the, the Houston game open to see if uh, Amari did anything, which was silly of me because oh, that has not probably yet. he probably did. Oh, <laughs> has he? Uh, I'll, I'll read Mark's question okay. while you while you look into the Houston stats. <laughs> Mark um, Budscarby. Yeah, uh, I've always been a believer that you really need about a season and a half worth of games to make a true judgment on a QB, and I'm having confirmation bias on that with what is happening with Justin Fields. 
to relate this to the Packers, even if the Packers start love these final six games, that doesn't feel like nearly enough of a sample size to make any final judgments. Am I wrong? What would a proper sample size be to judge a quarterback? It, I'm I'm thinking your entire rookie contract because circling back to Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, I think there's sort of two levels of it, and that's where it gets a little tricky. Um, I do think you need to see something encouraging as a rookie. Like you need a few games where um, somebody plays really well. You need you got to show me something. You can't be abysmal for a whole season if you're the starter, unless you have the best excuse ever. Like uh, if you're Tim Couch or David Carr on the expansion Cleveland or Houston teams, and you get just the bejesus kicked out of you every single game. That's different. I don't think either of those guys had a, a legitimate chance. We'll never know if any, if they would have been any good on a different team. I suspect, actually, at least David Carr would have. Um, but I, I think you need a season to to know that this guy's worth having around to take another look at. And then after that, it is uh, not that... Like, I think about a season and a half is probably right for, is this guy going to be legit good or not? Um, I think partway through that second season, you should probably have a good idea of that. I think that's about how long I need for it personally. So, yeah. Sure. Okay, so Rodgers. We kind of knew halfway through his first season as a starter. I think he flashed most, not all, he had one crap game when he came in for Favre, but um, yes. like that Cowboy game where he broke his leg. Um, that's Am I remembering that right, by the way? Where he broke, did he break his, it was his foot. It was his foot, okay. Yeah. He, he, like he looked. Greg he, Jennings broke his leg. Okay, okay. Greg Jennings. <laughs> yeah. But like Rodgers looked good in that game. And it's one game, but. Um, I need I need to see that like that helps a lot. Sure. It, that that Where's tells the, me um, you can play that way. Um, I guess I don't know. Like the Vikings game, did you see their flashes there? I do not remember. <laughs> uh, I don't the Packers remember my era like, in ancient history. No, I'm talking about Love. Oh, love. no, I, I've seen no flashes out of that guy. Because I mean, he he was running Lafleur's offense as written against the Vikings and moving the ball, but then the Vikings were playing their third stringers and not giving a damn. So, I mean, he completed four passes. That's, it's fine, but that's all it is. (sighs) So there's a, okay. It's the bears in 2008. I was like, so there's a, uh, there's a game on YouTube called the game that made Aaron Rodgers famous. And it was a Packers bears, 2008. Yeah, so I guess we kind of knew. Um, Fields, we always kind of saw like a little bit of something, and we're like, this dude is being hamstrung by a terrible O-line and a dumbass of a coach. Yeah. Um, both of those are true, and let's we've, uh, we mentioned this before. Last year's Bears offensive line was among the worst offensive lines in the history of football. Um, it was completely healthy the whole year. It ranked last in all metrics. PFF, Football Outsiders, um, anybody who grades offensive line play. Uh, Fields was Fields had no chance, and in uh, against Fields, he does take a lot of sacks. He took a lot of sacks in college. He it, he is a big game hunter. He sits back there waiting for guys to come open. Just a perfect bad storm of bad offensive line and quarterback who really needs a good offensive line. So, uh, speaking of the Bears' offensive line, now if you want to know what they did to improve it. Uh, go watch a Brett Coleman video called The Most Violent Man in College Football and learn about their <laughs> new guard. Um, who, by the way, they were going to start Lucas Patrick over, what the hell's his name, Tevin Jenkins? Tevin Jenkins, yeah. 
Yeah, they they started Lucas Patrick over him, and so that speaks volumes to how dumb the Bears front office slash coaching staff is. Well, not I don't think they're dumb anymore. Um, this, Maybe. I don't think either of them are dumb anymore, and I think Lucas Patrick, uh, assuming him to be the starter, is not dumb, uh, and changing it is also not dumb. Because they signed him for just for veteran stability, and that's what you get out of him. And then you evaluate and change things around. And uh, I sure would like to have Luke Getze back personally. So <laughs> um, I, I think that they've been pretty smart this whole time. I do think Fields, uh, we shouldn't assume, is going to be a great quarterback yet, or even a good quarterback yet, because the passing still isn't there. And uh, if he has to run this amount to generate offense there's probably a ceiling on on first of all how healthy he can be but also uh, some defenses are going to be able to stop that so he does need to get better at passing quickly at getting through his progressions better right now he is very much a work in progress and uh it, it he, he, again he's flashed he looks like there's something there you can work with but there's still work to do before he's actually a, a, a good like quarterback another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Sorry, I just scrolled through the questions and I saw your brother's <laughs> question. Oh, that's good. Um, I'll, Andrew Merker asks, are they dead now? Um, I don't think they technically are. I mathematically, believe... mathematically, no. Yeah. And it depends who you ask. They're anywhere from 5% to 28% at making the playoffs. Yeah, so let's let's say, here, here, here's how you should look at it. So they are dead because they are not good and to be in the playoffs at all they need to beat every team left on their schedule and this team's not running off six straight games it's just not going to happen especially but, not against the back half of their schedule yes absolutely but if you want the optimistic spin um of the let's go back before the titans game and just say okay you need to win all of these except one to make the playoffs um the one that you would want to lose is definitely the titans game um, because or or Miami, but um, it's an AFC game. It doesn't hurt your tiebreakers, and so it's a uh, it's the least damaging loss other than Miami that you could have. So um, it's 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 awful. It's bad. They're gonna miss the playoffs. They are dead. I want I want to be clear. They are dead. They're not <laughs> making the playoffs, but they're not technically dead yet. If they run the table, they have a small chance to get in. Yeah. I mean, their bigger problems are Washington appears to be quite good now. They have won a couple games. Tyler Henneke is a an upper part of the bottom third of quarterbacks, which is sure. better than Carson Wentz, who is the worst quarterback in football that still plays. And uh, they have a good defense. They're they're fine. They've won a few. They they own the tiebreaker against the Packers. The 49ers, I think, are starting to round into form. Uh, they've been a top five DVOA team all year. They started with some unlucky losses. Now they look like they can kick the crap out of everybody with that defense. So uh, you got to catch those teams. And you're probably not going to, even if you pull off a miraculous, you know, stretch run here. So, yeah, they're dead. They're dead. Okay. Yeah. Eric Haincheck asks, why is Sammy Watkins still on this team? 
And why hasn't Rodgers explicitly thrown him under the bus for being a space cadet the same way he would if a young receiver was running as many poor routes? Or did I answer my own question by invoking the term space cadet while trying to <laughs> diagnose Aaron Rodgers' mindset? Uh, I think um, case of veteran presence here, right? Yeah, it's veteran presence as well as pedigree. I hate um, that word so much. I hate that word too, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers has a big football brain and it's big football brain to care about draft position. Yeah. Uh, as for why he's still on the team, I believe it's it would cost them money to cut him, wouldn't it? I don't think so. He's just a one-year deal, I think. I mean, it would cost whatever the rest of his book. It would cost them nothing, I think, honestly. <laughs> Uh, if they cut him, it will cost an extra 400000 Really? That's what it looks like. Okay, okay, veteran guarantee. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, that, that does work out. So there you go. So it's it's better. Also, to answer the question slightly, he has dropped down the depth chart as of today. Yep. Um, not far enough, but yep. Not far enough. He's in front of Samari Torre, who's actually good. Who's done more than Sammy Watkins has lately. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. I don't Watkins isn't even blocking well, which is another thing he is has been good at in the past. So there it's bodies. Like if they were healthier, maybe he would actually not be playing, but they're not. Well, so. maybe they'll cut him to make room for Geronimo Allison. Oh, jeez. Yeah, monkey's paw wish right there. Watkins cut. Yay for Geronimo <laughs> Allison. Oh, oh god. We made a monkey's paw reference drink. All right. Indeed. That's Monkey's Paw is this year's. I love regression. the Monkey's Paw reference because it is a Simpsons reference, but it's it is actually a Twilight Zone reference. Oh, it's actually a hundred year old story reference. Oh, it's, it's that Twilight it's Zone. A, of course, the Twilight Zone is not. It's original. a short. No Twilight Zones are original. <laughs> it's a short story from the turn of the twentieth century, Paul. Right. It's about the Industrial Revolution. A guy dies in a piece of equipment. Okay. Wow, read a book. I thought you were a lawyer, man. Sorry, geez. I thought what no, it's just I, I always get really prideful when like there's a legitimate <laughs> literary reference that I remember from AP Lit when I was in high school. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a it's a real short story and it's also really short. You should read it. I'll, I will I will definitely do that. I love anything that Twilight Zone episodes are based off of. Uh JD asks, is it a crime if Jordan Love is not starting at minimum the four games after the bye week to finish out the season? Sub question How awesome is Keyshawn Nixon? Just think if he had been on returns all season. Special teams ace, covers kicks and punts, and can return them. Ah, two-part. Yeah. You want to start okay, with couple, Love? Okay, let's start with Love. Uh, if, they are ma- if they are at any point mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and Love is not taking every single snap at quarterback, fire the entire team into the sun. Yep, I'm with you on that. Um, there's no reason to keep Aaron healthy at that point. And Aaron, honestly, you just make him a villain at that point like there's no reason for him to be playing he can come out and say eh, professionalism i go through blah 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 like no 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 this team has business to attend to they need to know what was happening next year and that is jordan love assessment it's not aaron assessment well um, and they can also they can also uh seneca wallace him in that his mysterious thumb could oh yeah flare up send him out to get yep, uh, some I- South American treatment for that puppy. Yep, they could IR Aaron Rodgers at any time. Yeah, without his consent. So, and I think. Start yep. Um, I I think uh, Rich Bisaccia might be better at acquiring players than anybody else on the team is right now. Um, because Keyshawn Nixon uh, is one of his. I'm pretty sure. 
And yes, yes uh, he has been a special teams ace. And yes, uh, had he been doing all of this instead of the, the guy who was doing this, they probably would have won another game or two. Uh, and if Rudy Ford would have been playing for Darnell Savage a little earlier, they maybe would have won another game or two. So yeah, that would have been great if they would have been harsher and better self-scouts and all that jazz. There's a a line from the APC Slack chat that I absolutely am in love with that Archon14 said um, that the Packers scouting relies completely on vibes and feel at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, like, it, it seems Certainly like... Not as well, rigorous, say, for sure. It, it seems like in the post-2011 collective bargaining agreement era, the Packers front office has never learned how to scout with the minimal scouting... Uh, minimal internal scouting reps that everyone else seems to have adapted to. Yeah, that's true. Practice limitations have done a number on their ability to assess guys. They are very slow to do so. It, it uh, It's not great. They could honestly probably use some front office shakeup um, in addition to everything else. It's been rough draft-wise. Yeah, they get their Razul Douglases and, and Devondre Campbells um, every now and then, but uh, they, they got to get better at this than they have been, especially with the rebuild coming. Um, all right, next up, Dr. Hillbilly, also also a favorite. Um, I had a long question about Aaron Rodgers, but for simplicity's sake, I'll boil it down to, if you ran the team, what one thing would you do to make 2023 better than this slog of a season? I would break Aaron Rodgers' fibula. <laughs> like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally do it, but I would karmically break his fibula if i have to make aaron Rodgers go away if that if like that's my answer to the question if, but he might go away on his own so let's just say aaron retires and you've got jordan love and then maybe a drafted quarterback or somebody else what, what would you do um aside from that <laughs> to make 2023 better yeah um oh man i would i would get like some kind of I would do like an experimental offense, right? Like I would, I would go out and get, <laughs> I, I would get a, uh, like a Cliff Kingsbury style, like like bring the air raid to the NFL kind of higher. Uh, can we do better than that though? Because Cliff... yeah, no, I'm, I'm, okay. saying, I'm not saying Cliff King because Cliff Kingsbury is dog water. Yeah, he is. I, I'm saying, but like in the it, like what what Arizona was trying to do with that hire, like go out and hire that guy who doesn't kick. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I, I'm I'm on board with this idea. I love it. Um, <laughs> like just just get weird. Yeah. Just get weird. Like see see when people say like, oh, this wouldn't work at the NFL level. Let's test that theory. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I I have a real answer and I have a fake answer. So my my real answer is I would get rid of Joe Barry. And I I think the last two seasons now, Joe Barry. So if you listen to this podcast, if you're a Twitter person and you're around all of us all the time. You probably hear more criticism of Joe Barry than exists out in the greater world because look, just looking at Packer points, uh, it doesn't look that bad. And, you know, they get the like pick sixes, sixes from Devondre once in a while. They actually have a fair number of interceptions lately. Um, but by uh, under by advanced metrics, by EPA, by DVOA, um, they have the same old problem of not being able to stop the run. And their pass defense is okay, but it's not as good as it should be. And overall, they're still a bottom third defense, and they have been for two seasons. Um, I think Joe Barry is immensely helped out by the pace of the offense, by the fact that they just don't run that many plays and drives per game. And sure. so the defense can only be so bad. But uh, this collection of talent should be better. I, I think a change there still does 
a lot of work for them there. Offense is trickier. Like I, I'm, there's a lot that could be plaguing the offense. That we, like receiver talent, maybe yes, maybe everybody who said they're not going to win with Adams is right. That's possible. Maybe Matt Lafleur's not as good a coach as we think. Maybe Luke Getzey did a lot of that work. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett can't be a good head coach, but actually is a really good assistant. Um, there's a lot of things, and maybe Aaron is washed. Also possible. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of things there oh, that need to be uncovered. I, I need to interject real quick. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett is no longer calling plays in Denver. Oh, yeah? So uh, if we see the offense improve, then we can. We do have a lot of evidence to help the Nathaniel Hackett as a good OC, like since he's no longer calling plays because he didn't call plays in, in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, okay. But my, my non-serious answer is that I have an offense that I would like people to run that is a, a, just... And I would I wish Tyler were here to yell at me about this and why it's stupid, uh, or really any of the people at Acme Packing Company who know how football works. You 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 play Madden, you're probably good enough here. But um, I would <laughs> I would make my my offense um, a what I like to call the post reception option offense. Um, you're so, talking a hook and ladder offense, a hook, basically offense. a hook and ladder offense. And so <laughs> hook and ladders only get run at the end of games to try and score touchdowns. But they're first of all. Pitching the ball um, is something that is frowned upon now, but was just a staple of football for 100 years. Like pitches sure. were something that happened on literally every play for a long, long time. And if you do them in a controlled fashion, they're not that high risk. There's, of course, some risk that you'll put the ball on the ground if you get hit while you're pitching. But part of practicing it is to not do that. But secondly, you can do a lot of fun stuff off of hook and ladders once they're a threat. Um, because you don't have to pitch it every time, and just picture it like this. Let's say that you're just you have a receiver just running, just a stop or a hook, you know, like down the field, ten yards, stop, come back, and you're the safety, and you're crashing down on this play, and you see the ball, the receiver, but you also see a running back who is in pony, breaking out late, heading towards your receiver. And now you have an option decision to make because if you're playing my team, you know if that receiver gets that ball, it might be going to that running back. And uh, you can do some work off that. And uh, you, you can run fakes off of that. You can run double moves off of that where you get a guy oh, to no, bite. Sorry. It's all right. The third person on the podcast is okay. Um, but uh, I, and like I said, this is an unserious thing, but I would like to see somebody try it. There's no functional reason why you can't have um, pitches and options be a part of the game. So, uh, like I said, it may be too too high risk. It might be too hard to actually get guys open short enough, but I think you can also spring guys deep by getting guys to bite earlier on shorts. Anyway, that's enough of that. I, I, have, I have plays drawn up for this. I would like to run it with like a, a lesser team at some point if I ever coach um, Pee-wee. I'm well, Pee Wee doesn't really work because you can't pass. You know, you've seen little kids pass. But anyway, I want to see it happen. I think it's. I think laterals are like an untapped resource of football efficiency. So I want to see that happen. So you've inspired me to change my answer. Okay. Um, I would like to see someone run an offense the way you do in Madden, with uh, no huddle and really only two formations, and then you call your play at the line based on what the defense is giving you. I would actually like to see more quarterback play calling as well. So. I'm so. Uh, like really popular in Madden is you run gun bunch with uh, a tight end in the slot. And then if they are showing, like if, if they're in dime or like, like an obvious quarters coverage or something, then you will audible to your like power eye formation 
and like audible down. Yep. And then they they will get what's called weak boxed, where uh, Madden punishes them for being in dime against a, a running offense. I'd like to see that. I want to see someone do that. Yep. Also, uh, Coastal Carolina's gun bone offense is also fantastic. I would also like to see an NFL team run that. I'm sorry, gun bone? Yeah. I'm Googling this now. Okay, when you Google gun bone, uh, you get fantasy weapons. Well, Google, Google Coastal Carolina gun bone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually haven't done that. I don't know if that's what pops up, but that's what they run. So. Google, yeah, okay. There we go. Coastal <laughs> Carolina, every offensive play. Gun bone mid triple. Ooh, this sounds fun. It's fun. It's, okay. re- it's really fun. Highly recommend. Okay, I'm, le- I'm leaving this tab open for later. Yeah, and uh, Grace McCall <laughs> is out for the season at Coastal, which makes them less fun to watch, but they're still fun to watch. So, uh, I would recommend that. They're they're the best alternate college team if you watch college football. All right. Um, moving on. Patrick Detmer. We saw Darnell Savage over Rudy Ford. We saw Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed over Devontae Wyatt. We kept seeing Amari Rogers return punts over literally anybody. Literally is in all caps, by the way. Am I just using the power of hindsight and letting my emotions affect my thoughts? Or does this coaching staff have serious problems with their ability to evaluate the talent on their roster? Um, he has a second question, so we can be quick on the first one. Uh, yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> they defer far too much to, to veterans, to the status quo, and they do not give honest assessments to how good the backups are. They're still Hold doing on. it with Sammy Watkins. Big football brain. Yeah. Aaron's not helping, but yes, they need they need to be more critical in their scouting. I, I don't know what happens after film review if they're just like, okay, guys, do better. Um, but uh, it, it's it's not uh, it's not working. So also, as a quick second question, in the event Twitter ever does crash, who has been the most cathartic Packers-related account for you to follow that has helped you cope through countless playoff disappointments and the 2022 season? Oh, it's got to be justice for me. Yeah, um, I, I like Justice's uh, both acid, sardonic wit and uh, his his cut-ups of actual plays that he does brilliantly. So that's probably mine as well. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of anybody else who I really find cathartic. I usually end up just in arguments with everybody else. Yeah. So you, that's, that's a me problem, movie, not a them problem. But. Do you remember the movie Real Genius? Uh, with, I get it mixed Val- up with... With uh, uh, Val Kilmer, else, so. so Val Kilmer is at like MIT, and like a fifteen-year-old becomes his roommate, and they invent a laser and they use it to make popcorn from is there, space. Is there a car with uh, an exterior cooling thing out of the yes. front? Okay, yes, I, I remember that movie. Um, uh, the bad guy from Ghostbusters plays the dean, and he's also the bad guy. Okay. Um. Anyway, Justice reminds me a lot of Val Kilmer's character, where like, <laughs> what are we going there? He's he's too smart for his own good, and so he pretends to be the idiot for fun. But like when the rubber meets the road, he's uh, phenomenally intelligent in his chosen subject. And I so I really like the dichotomy there. So go follow yep. Justice if you don't. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow Justice and you have a Twitter, I'm surprised. Yeah, you probably do. But he's Jumosk on Twitter, and. Uh... Justice is awesome, um, but uh, I, I do follow most of the Twitter people that you all probably do, um, <laughs> and you know I, I like all of them for different reasons. Um, you no, know, we make fun of we don't make fun of, but we, we pick fights with with Nagler once in a while. But I do like Aaron. I think he's he's fun. I like Andy Herman. I like all those guys. They're, sure. they're good. Um, I, I I will say I, I I do not listen to a ton of other podcasts because I spend a lot of time doing them. 
But uh, <laughs> I do listen to the APC ones, partially. Uh, th- th- they're very good. Justice does one of those, too. Um, I-, I do listen to uh, Pack what- Pack's What She Said with uh, Maggie Loney and, uh, and Perry Goldstein. That is also a, a good pick-me-up one. I would recommend that one as well. Um, and it's funny is every one of the people that's been mentioned, I would consider a personal friend of mine. Oh, okay. Like, like they're all, they're all friends. Um, another one that, that kind of underrated is Big B, uh, Big Packers Four X. I don't Twitter. think I follow this person. So, um, so he's a literal child. He's a high schooler. <laughs> all um, right. Okay. He kind of got famous in the Packers Twitter sphere for uh, semi sarcastically being the biggest Jamal Williams fan possible. And was devastated when he went to the Lions. Um, but uh, B recently had a Make-A-Wish where he was like a special guest uh, of the team and hung out with the team on Saturday before before a game, uh, the Packers' big win against Dallas. Um, had some really cool insider info, and B is a very positive presence. So if you want something cathartic in the sadness, go follow B. Okay, that's cool. Um, on the national level, I think that the the national guy who does the best Packer writing uh, is Doug Farrar at Touchdown Wire. Um, he yeah. covers all the teams, but he seems to always have a special interest in the Packers, and he does good work uh, on them. So I, I would I like him. I would be remiss if I didn't mention all of JR's compatriots at the Eternal Sentinel, especially Spoon. Dude, who, Spoon. Spoon. You got to follow Spoon. Spoon's awesome. <laughs> Spoon is fantastic. All right. Uh, so uh, let's. Uh, but moving on to Flaley Joel Osmond, um, we have everybody, all of you, congratulations on your names. You all do fantastic work. Uh, <laughs> given that the run D can't really get worse and how mediocre his past rush, rushing has been, is it time to try and get value for Kenny Clark? What kind of trade comp is out there for a player at his age and level of play? Flaley, that's a good question. <laughs> I think we could get a lot for Kenny Clark. Yeah, and... It's a because good he's, point. He's not as old as you think he is. He's not because we did the Kenny Clark is younger than is only this age for like ever. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think that Kenny's as bad as he appears to be on the stat sheet. I yeah. He's he, getting a lot a lot more attention than he used to. When he's soloed up, he kind of disappears once in a while. Um, but he's still good. Um, but you you are right that uh so next year will be his age twenty eight season. Yeah. So yeah, I think you could get quite a bit for him, especially because like what was a blockbuster contract is now a, a decent value. Um, I was just looking up what it is. <laughs> you think that? I mean, do you think that they could get a second and change for him? I think you probably could. Um, oh, mm. yeah, not too bad. Yeah. If does his contract explode? Is it super bad? No, it's not. Um, this is actually the most expensive. You couldn't cut him before this season, but that's fine. They didn't. Next year, you have a twenty million dead cap hit. Twenty-one million, I say. Sheesh. It's a lot, but it's not unmovable. And uh, he's he signed through twenty twenty-four, and his cap number goes down to thirteen million uh, in his final season. So he is actually quite movable, uh, and I think you could do pretty well by doing that before his age thirty season. If you're going to suck, it's not a bad idea. Jesus, his base salary this year is a million, but it's thirteen next. It's one of those. Wow. Yes, I wonder is there. A, I mean, guarantees yes, but only the cap hits you. The salary goes with him. So yeah, um, that's that's doable. I like I like the idea. It is a good front office thought. Um, you know, the Packers have a lot of old, not terribly valuable people, and a lot of young, cheap people. Kenny's one of the few sort of in between who is you know a star when he's right that is actually movable. So. 
Um, I think they can also, be- by the way, Kenny doesn't turn 28 for another 300 days. Is that true? He's 27 and 56 days old. Oh. <laughs> so this is, people call it his age 28 season. But yeah. yeah you're so, right. Next year's his age 28 season. So, Rep- so Reference like- has him has that wrong. Ooh. Yeah, so he's uh he's 27 and and a little bit of change. Yep. All right, still very 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 young. Anyway, yeah, but also he's been in the league two presidents ago. A lot of miles on him. Um, <laughs> if you are if you go to serious rebuilding, uh, like where you're going to be bad for at least a year and maybe maybe more, it's definitely something you should consider doing. So, okay. Yeah, good call. For a, se- for a second, I thought you were talking about a, a website called Serious Rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> which which would have if you're going roadmaps to for building.com. No, I was going to say like that's I think that's a great idea for a website where it has roadmaps for every team that needs to rebuild. Yep. There we go. Someone can have that. All right. I should actually go register that domain right now. Scarf 21. Is it time to move away from the Vic Fangio system? It seems like the Packers have tried emulating a Vic Fangio defense for a while now, but all they accomplished was to have that blow up on their faces and end up with two defensive coordinators who have a strange obsession with soft zone. Okay, Scarf, I've looked at a lot of Jackson Pollock paintings in my life. I could splatter a whole bunch of stuff on some white canvas and call it a Jackson Pollock-esque painting. But Jackson Pollock, I am not. And Joe Barry is as close to Vic Fangio as I am to Jackson Pollock. It's a, it, it is a good and colorful metaphor, and it's right. <laughs> it is correct. Like this, seriously. This is a pun, Paul. Oh my God. I like it. It's good. I, I, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate your pun calling it colorful. colorful did you mean colorful. To, did you mean to do that? Yes, I, I was okay, going to okay. just roll through it, but yes. Um <laughs> but systems are not determinative of how the defense plays. Uh systems are frameworks that coaches work in and training your people the defense is usually not the coordinator calling every single play, but training your people in understanding what's going on and what parts of the system should be activated based on what they see in front of them is sort of what coaching is all about. Anybody can run Vic Fangio's system. Like literally anybody can pick up a book, learn it, and then just call plays from it. Um, Being able to do it correctly and to diagnose nuances in what they're facing uh, and being able to change things up for deception value, for unpredictability, that's why some coaches are good and some coaches are bad. And that's why Matt is not Jackson Pollock. Um, <laughs> man, we were watching, I was up in Minnesota once visiting my wife before we were married. And uh, uh, a newscaster was talking about the movie Pollock that, that had just oh. come out at the time. And the newscaster referred to it as Pollock. And uh, yeah, we, oh we, we, we lost it. It was, it was hilarious. It was, <sighs> it was awesome. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, that's, that's why. And so it probably is not a bad idea to go to a new system, partially because any Packers who are sticking around on defense have had poor implementation drilled into them a bunch by people running the Vic Fangio system poorly. You could probably get Vic Fangio in and he probably fixed it up by diagnosing what they were doing wrong and things they should be doing right. But often it is a good idea to sort of clean slate this thing after you've had some bad habits. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my two cents on it. 
All right. PJ Wessels. Who should I root for now? The Dolphins? I am I'm, I'm pulling I, I know I know we hate Seattle because of the 2014 thing, but I'm actually pulling for them cuz I like underdog stories. Uh I like Gino. Um and uh I like even like Pete Carroll getting a little of revenge on analytics people. Um uh, so Pete Pete Carroll I, I don't think is a great X's nose guy uh, and uh never will be runs the ball too much but I think he does do a lot of what the Packers don't in being a harsh uh and honest assessor of the talent that he has and putting guys in position uh to win even if they're not high draft picks even if they're uh down roster a bit like uh, that's how Russell Wilson got his job over a much high, more highly paid Matt Flynn uh, and that's why Gino is getting a chance right now and doing quite well with it uh you know he played drips and drabs last year uh, and was better than russell wilson and now he's the starter and it's paying off so i'm i'm pulling for them i know we kind of hate them but if you look at every team in the league the packers hate all of them for various reasons so, <laughs> yeah they do yeah. um I, I like the idea of rooting for the dolphins because if mcdaniel succeeds then we're going to see more nerd supremacy in the nfl which i think is a good thing yeah that's cool. So rooting for I the Dolphins that. is rooting for the future of the NFL. All right. I like it. I like it. So um, <laughs> Damn it, Ryan. Ryan Ziegler asks, <laughs> you decided to buy a monkey paw for good luck from a shady salesman. What are your wishes? Oh, we're two monkey's paws in the same episode. So the, the trick to the monkey's paw uh-huh. is specificity. Uh, yeah, but you, you can't get cocky with it. Like So in the, in the original story of the monkey's paw, the very first wish that he makes is he wishes that he had a hundred quid and the monkey's paw monkey's paws. Yeah. Knock on the door immediately. Your son was in an accident. He was crushed in a piece of machinery. Here is his insurance payout. It's a hundred dollars. I think if I was to monkey's paw, I would say, I wish that Aaron Rodgers would retire in a cap friendly manner and would allow Jordan Love to go on to be a starter who is successful as the Green Bay Packers uh, starting quarterback. Oh, that's too vague for sure. I don't think that's too vague. So what's successful mean? Uh, oh, yeah, Maybe fair enough. Maybe it's rich selling cryptocurrency and sucks at quarterback. <laughs> uh, statistically successful quarterback? How's that? I, I, you got to throw the monkey's paw out. Don't mess with the monkey's paw. Just get rid of it. Like, bury it where <laughs> nobody can ever find it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I wish for a second monkey's paw in my possession through Look, no horrible means nope. that would allow me to not make monkey's paw-esque You're going to mess it up. Don't do that. <laughs> Homer tries this. The, the Simpsons literally cover this. He he wishes for a turkey sandwich, and he, he he's very specific about it, and then the turkey's a little dry, and he has a breakdown. So. I don't want to turn That's... into a turkey myself and uh, like all kinds of Tree, things. Treehouse of Horror is really the best of The Simpsons. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. It, all right. <laughs> De- Devlin Ziggy Sheehan. is a good, it's a good question. Yes. <laughs> Devlin Sheehan, who I mixed up with Dyra Carragher earlier this week. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> it's the Irish. This season has been a bummer. So now I'm just looking for small positives to focus on. For example, I'm genuinely excited to watch Christian Watson every week. Me too. And I have a lot of long-term hope for the three rookie receivers. What are your silver linings? Uh, Paul has two silver linings. They are Samari, Samari. and Torre. <laughs> Those are it. That's his. Um, I just 
I, I like rooting for the chaos. I'm really enjoying watching Packers fans who have never dealt with adversity eat themselves. Yeah, I'm not because I'm a Packer fan, and that means I'm experiencing it. Like that is your monkey's literally your monkey's paw wish right there is that. Um, I, all the rookie receivers I'm interested in seeing play. I wish Romeo was healthy, but I want to see Watson tear it up. Um, I I do want to see him like go on just a touchdown scoring terror to end the season and everybody being like, um, oh, maybe they should have thrown him the ball more earlier in the season, <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. But I do want to see Samari Touré actually play as well for all the all the same reasons. Um, and uh, just seeing the young guys who are, you know, be good or not good is all, all the silver linings I need. Um, like I, w- I want to see I want to see somebody do something special uh, to make me excited two years from now when they might be good again, three years from now, whatever. That'd be nice. Uh, I want to see more random people on the defense with oligarchical names do well. <laughs> so Nixon and Ford. That's fun. That's uh, good. I'm really enjoying the uh, um, the randos on defense that come out of nowhere because that's that's been fun the last couple of years. Yeah, and I've so. liked it. Uh, I've liked that they've been better than guys we've been criticizing too. So. <laughs> I, you know what? My favorite thing in the world is being right. <laughs> I do like being right. I do always keep receipts. It's a, it is a personality flaw. But I mean, that's why I make predictions. And that I, <laughs> I eat crow when I'm wrong. I'm not always right. I'm wrong plenty. Uh, See, that's why I only make, uh, I guess posthumous assertions because <laughs> because I don't like being wrong. So I only talk, I only talk crap after I've already been right. <laughs> All right, Keith Keskinen. There have been many calls for Joe Barry to be fired. Rightfully so. However, the perceived talent hasn't played up to expectations either. At this point in the season, what's the point in firing him? We need to lose games, and whoever the internal replacement is shouldn't be back <laughs> next year either. Thoughts on future DCs? Staley is fired in, uh, for the Chargers, or Fangio for head coach salary as a DC? I actually don't think they should fire him now. They yeah. should have fired him. Before. They, three, <laughs> they should have fired him three, four weeks ago. Yes. That would have made a difference, but it's too late. So uh, I kind I of agree. If you if you fire him mid-season, that is Matt trying to save his job. Yeah. So let him play out the season, you know, get what you get, and uh, move on after that. And future DCs? Uh, I, I, I got to see who's available, but Staley, I don't think he's going to get fired. Um, he'll I think he'll have a chance to change his offensive coordinator before that happens and he should um and Fangio I all right I mean yeah I'd be fine with Vic Fangio as, as defensive coordinator I think he is a reliable choice to do a good job but I'd rather they go and find the next Ejiro Evero since they mm-hmm. did it once and it, it would be nice if they could do that again yeah I'd hire Zimmer Zimmer's fine too I'd be fine with Zimmer that's like like I like your idea of trying to find the next big thing, but if you don't go out and find the next big thing and hire a name, yeah, the name I pick is Mike Zimmer. Zimmer's good. I'm fine with that. Don't go get an underling. Get the actual guy. <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Yes. All right. <laughs> Mattingly's sideburns. What are the? <laughs> Very nice. Oh, I, I thought I told you to headphone. cut those side. What are the odds that Sunday is Rogers' last start in 2022, or last start as a Packer? Oof, last start in 2022. I'd say it's pretty high because there's a chance to get mathematically eliminated this week. Yeah. Um. So 
I'd say like 30. Yeah, 25. 25%, I'd say. Um, that they get mathematically eliminated? No, that, that this is his last start in 2022. I oh. think there's like an 89%, eight, 90% chance they get eliminated. So, um, uh, I think I think odds are we see Aaron Rodgers' last... Okay, so the, the bye is week 14? Yes. Right? Good call, good so call. Yeah, schedule time. So there's there's two games before the bye. Am I am I doing my am I mathing correctly? I think you're mathing correctly. Let's see. We got yep, two so games it, before the bye. Yeah, if there's two games before the bye, I would I would bet a lot of money that one of these two games is the last of Roger starts in 2022. Okay. Oh, last as a Packer. I the, think the if, last if, game before the bye would be against the Bears, although it would be in Chicago. Yeah. Um if the Packers are mathematically eliminated before the Bears game, I think Roger still starts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I think I think if I had to put money on it, if I was forced to, I'd say that the Rams game after the bye week is, is the, the so long everybody. Um, home game, then they go on the road to Miami, and then they finish out in what will be completely worthless games against Minnesota and Detroit in Lambeau. But I think you can have the Rams kind of be the, it's a nighttime game, it's a primetime game, that's a Monday night game. And so... Monday night is Aaron's last Packer start. That works well. I think that's pretty likely. So long, and thanks for all. What the a fish. terrible Monday night game that's going to be. That's going to be so bad. Brutal. All right, uh, last Patreon question from my dear brother. Um, you're still watching the Packers, huh? How's that going? Uh, bad. It's going bad. And are you going to be in town uh, for Thanksgiving? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to Minnesota. Sorry about that, Daniel. Uh, I'll, I'll see you at Christmas. Uh, if if and not sooner. Also- uh, double whammy bad news for Danny. Um, I recently bought a new uh, garage flag that will likely be hanging over top of my Milwaukee barbell flag. Aww. So. Okay. All right. We do it. We have a couple of Twitter questions because we're in an all questions show. So um, if you do have questions for us on Twitter, hit up the as, as eligible Twitter feed as long as Twitter still exists. Or you can just ask <laughs> myself as well. That's fine too. At Badger Noonan. Uh, you can ask Matt too. That probably also works most of the time. Uh, because I live online. So. Indeed. All right. So this is from Sam who asks, do you all believe the defense issue is more talent or coaching? And if coaching, what schemes would fit this defense? It's clear Barry does not, in my humble opinion, uh, at, at all over Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, uh, I got Danny's question mixed in there. I was wondering what happened there. It's clear Barry's does not, in my humble opinion. Uh, and we've we've talked about this one already a little bit. Um, uh, they have injuries now. Rashawn Gary's out, but generally speaking, it's it's coaching. Um, and I'm not even sure it's scheme. I just think it's it's other kinds of coaching. It's not putting guys in a position to succeed against the offense in front of them. It's it's Quay Walker not reading his his uh, not assignments his his keys correctly and not hitting the right hole. Um, it, it's just a lot of things not go- working and not understanding your talent against the other team's talent when when man when press man should come out uh versus when zone is a fine thing to do so yeah it, i think it's mostly you do you disagree at all i assume not no i yeah. i okay. here's the problem with with you and me alone on the podcast yeah, together is we become an echo chamber we do we do it's nice to have one of the others to be like oh yeah but not the case but yeah tyler needs to come in and be like as a linebackers coach yeah alas um, what are you going to do? All right, from Jonathan Deal. Um, what was worse, 
the Packers offense not being able to score against a historically bad Lions defense, or the Packers defense not being able to be anything more than a minor inconvenience to the Titans offense. I'm going Titans, because the Packers traditionally play weird games against the Lions, like whether that's weird in their favor or weird against them. They're always weird. All right, but I disagree with you on this one, so no echo chamber here. The Lions, <laughs> the Lions suck on defense. Yeah, the, the Lions suck out loud, but what I'm saying is historically, the Packers play weird games against the Lions. And so you can almost expect some chaos theory of the Packers doing poorly against them. Okay. Especially with, with recent memory, like losing week 17 kind of kind of thing. But um, also, like the Packer defense not being able to stop the Titan offense isn't that weird because the Packers are bad against the run and they have Derrick Henry. So, But they stopped Derrick Henry. He had like three yards per carry. Okay, fair enough. Like <laughs> they, they focused so hard on Derrick Henry that they let everything else happen. And instead of going, hmm, maybe we shouldn't like focus <laughs> so hard on the run and we'll lose in the play action game or we'll lose on draws or we'll we'll lose on Derrick Henry catching a goddamn pass. Instead they lost a trail on Burks. <laughs> uh yeah, so I'm going Titans offense. All right. I, I know. So fair enough to disagree. Detroit. No longer historically terrible on defense, solely because of Green Bay. Um, Woo! <clears throat> uh, this this one from J.R. Radcliffe for Tyler Brook, so totally inappropriate here. Um, the Monroe Cheesemakers won the state football title last weekend in Wisconsin. Monroe plays the Freeport, Illinois Pretzels in the Snack Bowl each year. Do you think, Tyler Brook, that it's crucial to get a matchup between Carmel and Apple Valley, Minnesota next year? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> JR Tyler was supposed to be on. You got sick. We'll 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 let you know. We'll we'll put it in the show notes or something. But uh, I mean the the answer is obviously yes. That yeah, needs to of happen. Course. Yeah. All right. From from our good friend. You, what, what would oh. you call it? The bobbing bowl. Oh, what's a good name for that? Um, caramel kind of messes with the bobbing bowl, right? Um, yeah, but I think it's festive. Like, okay, what if you played yeah, it at the fair. end of October? Like instead uh, yeah. of okay. instead of calling it a bowl like an unofficial bowl, like... I don't have a better name, so you win. <laughs> All right, from from Easy Narc, the Packers have the worst offense in the NFC North. Wild, huh? Fire Joe Barry, obviously. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, he's, my favorite, he's not my, wrong. Right, my favorite thing about Easy Narc's snark is it's it's like he doesn't listen to the show. And I'm 99% sure he's not listening now. He does. Because, he, he listens because, to the show. Oh, I figure, like, because we're not talking about golf at this point in the show. <laughs> we never talked about wouldn't golf. Be. <laughs> Isn't that what he... He, lo- he loves golf. He does and being love mean. golf, yes. Those are his, his two favorite things. <laughs> um, And so it's almost like he doesn't hear us completely bag on the offense constantly. And I think the... it's more that... So I will tell you, having spoken with Easy Narc quite a bit, he has never liked Matt LaFleur. And he does not understand the general infatuation with Matt LaFleur uh, as an offensive play caller and does not think he is primarily responsible for the previous seasons where Aaron won MVP and all that stuff. So that's the background to the question. And uh, now that they're actually a bad offense, he gets to okay. he gets to do that. So Easy. Cor- correlation is not causation. <laughs> but in, in, in the year where Aaron Rodgers has gone publicly against Matt LaFleur's scheme and we are seeing uncharacteristic Matt LaFleur things happen in the offense and they're suddenly bad, it 
lends itself to Matt LaFleur having been a big part of their previous success. I will also just say that I, I think a lot of previous success is a lot more under center, a lot more play action, and uh, a lot more heavies in. And that is LaFleur, what he likes to run. That is what the Shanahan offense is. This offense has a lot more uh, Aaron dictation, RPOs, and 11 personnel that has not worked well for the past three years. You're right about that. Uh, but that is much more I think Aaron's doing. I think it's the play calling problems are more his fault. Could be wrong. Uh, we'll we'll find out soon. <laughs> yep. Yes, but, uh, we will. Yep. All right. And uh, last, oh, not last, because we have a Discord question. We have a Discord question. So, uh, Camp Freddy. Uh, 12 is a transcendent quarterback and a hero forever, but isn't it time to say goodbye to him and the other players he capes for uh, to 1869, 89, not 69, and any other declining big names, 1131? Rip the Band-Aid off in one go or at, as near as possible to it right off 2023 and start again in 2024. Wait, does Big Dog suck? I thought he was still a good blocker. He's fine, but he's like 100. Right, I get it. He's a hundred, but I'm like he's a good block. But I think the question, I mean, David Bakhtiari's still good. He's also on the list, and I think it's because of the last two years of Willie, won't he? Yeah, everyone's just kind of done with him. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, it probably is uh, because other Bakhtiari, if he actually continues to recover, can still be good for a bit and is signed for quite a while. So <laughs> you 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 will have him next year. But yeah, it probably is time to move on from a lot of the veterans. Reload. Be, they won't be. They won't be able to help being bad for a little bit, and uh, then build up again. Yes, that is. It is time for that. And Discord. John John Ramos, MTG. Yeah. All right. So what's I believe, the plan? I believe it stands for Magic the Gathering. Ah, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so what's the plan now? Um. So everyone in the Discord was like. Nothing matters. We're all going to die. Eat Arby's. Eat Arby's, yeah. And in fact, in our Discord, the Arby's logo is an emoji. That's uh, awesome. Speci- specifically for that use case. Good work. Thank you. Um, the plan, well, the, the plan should be versus what the plan will be. The plan will be they're not going to change a golly gosh darn thing, and we're going to have to suffer through this shit show for the rest of the year. Yep. Um, what the plan should be is start every person under the age of 25 and yep. see what we have on the team. That is correct. That The plan That's... should be both tank and evaluate, which go together really nicely because most of the guys you're evaluating will suck. Not well, all of them, the though. So, that's what you got to so find out. Maybe that's why they brought in Geronimo for a workout. Maybe it is. How how can we tank without looking like we're trying yeah. to tank? But play Geronimo. That's a good way to do it. He is awful. As well as, uh, oh, my God, who is the guy who had – an interception come off of his face mask. Uh, um, a couple years ago. Yeah, the, he was a returner for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to shoot. He went to North Dakota. He played with Christian Watson there. Uh, his name start with an M. Ah, darn it! This is gonna bother me. <laughs> because you specifically hated him. Yes, I did. Darius Shepard. Darius Shepard. Darius Shepard. Okay. I felt like there was another M there. Um, but yeah, so bring in Darius Shepard. Bring in Toronto Allison. <laughs> And then, and then pepper in everybody else. Tank and evaluate. Yep, sounds good. Tank and evaluate is uh would be a a decent album name. It would like it. Not a band name, but a good good album. Yep. When I write a few more songs, that'll be it. So, <laughs> all right, uh, Matt, we're done. Any plugs? Uh, oh, um, the good. Oh yeah. VR football game is on sale. What's it uh, called? Two MD VR football stands for two minute drill. 
It is available on the Oculus Store as well as the Steam Store. Great thing about Oculus is if you buy it on the Oculus Quest, it is what is called a dual purchase, and you get it on the Oculus version for PC. So you can play PC VR if you have an Oculus headset. Um, it's $9, so it is a third of the price of the NFL game, yep. and it's better in every way. Yep. All right. Um, I have my Shepherd Express column up, recapping last week and also going over the 2020 draft uh, since we're playing Jalen Hurts this week. And uh, I'll probably try and crank out something a little bit lighter later this week while traveling abroad. Um, so keep an eye out for whatever that happens to be. Minipod will post on Thursday morning, by the way. It's already in the can. Um, since I'll be on the road, can't record it later. So if injuries might mess up whatever I have to say. But they do have a kind of shot in this one just because of some eagle weaknesses they can capitalize on. So there's that. Um, it, it might be a little like the Cowboy game, honestly. Uh, uh, so e- Eagle Weaknesses is the name of my political commentary podcast. <laughs> very nice, very <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, we'll be back next week with uh, a more normal week in a full show and all that jazz. So uh, enjoy the game. Happy Thanksgiving.